Well, hello and welcome to At Home with Lauren Keenan, Australia's authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. I'm Lauren Keenan. I'm an interior stylist and podcast host. And this show is about helping you create a home that you truly love. Yes, and you do a smashing job of it, I've got to say. <laughs> I'm Scott Keenan and you can check out Lauren's work at laurenkeenan.com.au or just follow her on the socials. And, you know, Lauren, there are so many good books on interior design, aren't there? There sure are. And I think I've got quite a few of them myself. I'm always looking around for something new for coffee tables or for inspiration or even just for relaxation, just looking through a lovely book while I'm sitting down enjoying a glass of wine. That's right. After work, you've been doing it all week and go some more. (laughs) And today we're talking to someone who has made a name for herself as an interior stylist and a podcaster like me, but she's also a really well-known book author. Yes. Natalie Walton is an interior stylist, designer, retailer, and she helps people connect ideas on how to live their best life. And she also has a background in journalism and for five years she was the deputy editor at Real Living Magazine, which was one of my favourites. And she's recently released her third book, which is called Style, The Art of Creating a Beautiful Home. So let's not waste another minute and get into it with Natalie to find out what inspires her and this latest book on At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. Well, Natalie, thank you and welcome to the show today. It's so great to have you on and we are going to be talking about your new book shortly, but I really wanted to start by talking about your personal style. I think you've got a really distinctive style. It seems very intentional and purposeful and I'm really keen to know how it came to be that you like what you like. Thank you so much for for having me on the show. It's kind of a, a nice turn of events to kind of be on the other end of the mic, as it were. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to to share more about all things interiors and anything else that we might touch on. I think that, well, I actually, I'm a bit of a believer that we actually all already have our own sense of style, but I think that we often get lost along the way. And it evolves, of course, over our journeys and, and the different things that we've done in our lives and the places that we've lived. And it always has to adapt to our different environments as well. So when I was living in Bondi in a small art deco apartment, the way that I approached sort of decorating that space and making it my home is different to the space that I'm currently in, which is on a country property in northern New South Wales. And now I have four children as well. So um, whereas when I was living How in How do you Bondi, have time to design yeah. your home? <laughs> um, so, you know, all of my homes, you know, you have to respond to your kind of situation, your environment, all of those things. But I've always very much, I guess, um, you know, decorated and styled my homes with, you know, the things that I love and things that have a story. But I think that I've definitely learned some things along the way as well. And one of the big lessons for me was when my family first moved out of the city and we had been living in Darlington in a terrace in Sydney, which is kind of near Redfern. And it was a kind of wide terrace for, you know, those kind of areas. But it was, um, we had a tiny backyard and, and in that house, we were planning to renovate. We'd actually sort of got all our plans approved by council and we went on a holiday to Italy and saw at the time we had three children and they were running through these sort of fields in this um, place that we were staying, this farm stay. And we thought, you know, why are we living in the city? We don't need to live in the city. And so we decided to pack up our home and move to the country. And the reason I'm telling you this is because 
in that process of packing up our home and deciding what we would take to move and do this tree change, I really made a decision that it was time to live. This sounds a bit strange, but like be a grown up. <laughs> you know, we had sort of, we had um, all these things that we had been carrying from one home to another and there were hand-me-downs and projects that we had kind of painted and, you know, renovated on a budget at various stages in our journey. My husband and I have been together for over 20 years. So things that we've kind of accumulated and it was like, no, it's time to kind of create a home that is actually the home that we want to be really intentional about what we have in our spaces and to really just hold on to those pieces that we really truly love and that are, you know, that we want to take with us that are going to be part of this next chapter. And when I looked at my collections, I really realized that most of the things were neutral. So they'd really stood the test of time. And some of these things, you know, they were simple. They were natural materials like wool or cotton. And they just had stood the test of time. And and I thought it was really interesting to reflect on that. And I thought, I don't want to buy things again that I kind of you know, they're maybe fun for the moment, but then when I look back on them, I feel like, no, actually, it's not going to stand the test of time. It just felt um, wasteful and I just didn't want to have those kind of things in my home. And I just wanted to simplify my life in a big way. And I just found that, you know, Steve Jobs used to always wear the black turtleneck, you know, because it was one less decision to make. And I just find that really helpful to is, and, just And so simplify. you're saying is that the same sort of theory that you've applied to your interiors, your home? Yes. You've sort of really yes. narrowed down to the style and the type of things that you know will go together and that will stand the test of time. Yeah, completely. And it just makes it easy so that when I, you know, if I want to sort of do something in another room, I can grab something from another space and everything always works. You know, I'm isn't always it interesting because this is the things. advice we always give clients, right? That when it's yourself and your own home, you really have to quite think about it quite intentionally and, and work out force you know, what's for you. Yeah, force yourself to think about it. That when you go into a, a client's home, you can kind of give that advice a little bit more objectively and it sort of doesn't tug at the heartstrings quite as much. It's easier. And, you know, it's not to say that, um, you know, I mean, for, for another person, it, they might love colour, you know, and it's, I mean, this is what works for me and this is what I just feel like I said, I've got four children now. And so it just makes me feel peaceful and calm to have a calm, neutral home. But somebody else, they might be, you know, they might be enlivened by color. And it's not to say that, you know, you have to kind of adapt my my kind of um, color palette or anything like that. But I do think, though, that when you refine the color palettes, even if it is sort of, you know, you stick within certain tones, it just makes it so much easier that everything then can work easily and you can add pieces and you don't have to think, is this going to work? You just know instinctively that it will. That's a really great way of thinking about it. And I'm sure you've um, explored this a lot in your latest book, which has just come out. It's called Style, uh, The Art of Creating a Beautiful Home. Can you tell us a bit more about it and what inspired the third book? Because I heard you talking on your Instagram launch about the three books or the the two um, previous books that you've released and this one almost acting like a trilogy. And I'm interested in, in how you came to that. First of all, I never expected to be creating a trilogy that kind of came. It's kind of Star Wars-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, isn't it? <laughs> um, Back to the Future is my favourite trilogy, just for the record. Okay. Well, do you know what? I actually think that I maybe got that idea from Baz Luhrmann because I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but 
he called them something like the Red Curtain Trilogy. Yes, and Romeo was, and Juliet, yeah. Moulin Rouge. And, and Strictly Ballroom, I yeah. think. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yep. yeah. And I just, I don't know, there was something beautiful about that idea, how he sort of really felt that those three films, you know, they're each independent and they work independently, but they also, I guess, have got some things that really connect them together. Well, I think and, there's um, an, an aesthetic that connects them together, isn't there, and there a feeling is. A as well. Yeah, no, yeah. completely, yeah. And so, um, I mean, my first book that very much came about, it's called This Is Home, and that came about from all those years of working um, on the magazines and trying to source homes and and working as an interior stylist and trying to really understand what is it that makes a place feel like a home because I have stepped in all sorts of homes, you know, some of them architect designed, some of them by artists, um, all different types of places. And just because you throw a whole heap of money at something doesn't mean to say it's going to feel like a home. You've really got to, you know, inject your own personality into the space. And some people just want to hand that over to an interior designer or an architect, but, you know, the spaces that feel the most warm and inviting and welcoming are when they... excuse me, when they sort of really express who you are in your space. And so, but there's a whole heap of other elements. I went into the whole history of homes and, you know, why we need them and and what uh, roles they play in our lives. And then the second book uh, is called Still, The Slow Home. And that was very much a response to trying to understand how can we be more sustainable in our homes? Like, do we have to go out and build an eco pod, you know, if we want to be more sustainable? And the answer is no. You know, there are things that we can all do today to make our homes more sustainable. And I think that as a recovering perfectionist, you know, my tendency is like, <laughs> I've got to do it right. You know, it's going to be the, you know, like, do I do this thing or that thing? I'm, you know, trying to make these decisions. And um, and the, the answer that I kind of discovered, which is such a relief, is that we just have to make a better choice. And it can be so easy to get caught up in trying to make the perfect choice or, you know, mm-hmm. all the, those things. Like, do I go for a Bakashi composting system yeah. or do I go, you know, subpod or whatever it's it is. Decision fatigue. <laughs> it is. It is. And, um, but yeah, we just can, and I have some outlines of, you know, the things that we can do to make it easy. To be honest, my publisher was keen for me to do a third book because those two have done so well. And at the time we had the pandemic was on and I thought, how can I create a book, you know, during a, a global pandemic? And, and you know, and also what what do I want to share? Because it's such a huge, huge journey. I'm just sort of looking down because I've got three books down here at the <laughs> moment. <I'm, laughs> and, um, you know, what do I want to share? Because it is such a, a big process to to creating a book. And during that time of the lockdown, I started to think, okay, well, what can I do to make people feel better in their homes? Because, uh, you know, at that point we were all in our homes and many of us were in lockdowns and more than anything, you know, at that particular point in time, it was so important to create a space where we felt nurtured and we could really relax and and feel good in our spaces. And it was a golden opportunity really. And, you know, so many people took on various projects around their home. I'm a big believer that we don't have to renovate our homes to make them better. You know, there are so many things that we can do to enhance our experience in our home every day. And that's really what this book is about. It is about the lessons that I've learned as an interior stylist. And I share those and I share my understanding of how to really connect with your own personal style and express that in your own home. But as much as anything, it really is, you know, how can we make 
our homes a place that we can enjoy every day? How can we create beauty in our spaces and learn to edit and curate what we have? So it's very much in some ways my most personal book because I'm really sharing my lessons and the things that I've learned on my journey. And is it, is it largely text-based with sort of how-to tips or is it, you know, do you dive into some beautiful t- photography in this book as well? It's got beautiful photography and, but differently to my other books, which are more like case studies of people's homes, this book is more about, I sort of broke it up into chapters where I kind of go through a concept and explain yeah. that. And then I have what I call insights. So they're kind of like an essay in deep diving into a particular topic. So one of them is about wabi-sabi way of living, you know, perfect living, living perfectly imperfect lives at home. Uh, you know, that was very much for me. That's <laughs> and, all of us, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, you know, so there's different topics like that where I go deeper about, you know, the creative process and, and how we can reconnect with our creativity in our homes. I've always believed that our homes are one of these places where we can create whatever life we want to within our spaces, and it's a great place to start. So it's, um, but it's got tips and insights, and it's. I've had a few people share with me since you know they've grabbed their copy and said you know out of all the books, like it really is the one that's the most helpful in terms of tangible advice and tips and insights, as well as having the beautiful photography. Yeah, that's awesome. And look, we obviously don't want to give all of it away no. because we'd love for people to buy your book and to read it. But can you maybe share a couple of your your best tips for creating a beautiful home that you feature in your book? One of the things, because I teach a course called the Styling Masterclass, and so I was drawing upon the things that I teach in that course and some of the, the struggles that people often have. And I think that something that comes up time and time again, I know that when people are styling the space and, I mean, you know, I really try and help us rethink this word styling and what styling is because sometimes people just see it as fluffing cushions and I think yep, it's actually cool. so, so much more than that. It really is, you know, how can we sort of display things so that we can actually enjoy them in their best light and have that experience, you know, when you walk into some spaces and it just, it almost takes your breath away and you can create that in your own home. And I think one of the biggest things that people struggle with is for a start, just having too much stuff. Um, you know, when you have too much stuff, then you can't even see what you have. So that's obviously one of the huge things that people need to learn how to edit their collections and really focus on what's, you know, beautiful and meaningful to them. And then and invest in storage to put the other stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, completely. And, um, you know, this is the finishing touch. You know, these are the sort of things that really do help you express your personality. And, you know, it's like the type of shoes that you might choose or your jewelry or whatever. You know, they're those sort of little finishing elements that really sort of set off your outfit or, you know, how you're presenting yourself to the world. And it's the same with your home. You know, those decorative touches, they are the things that really express your personality the most in many ways. You know, you can have a kitchen in any home and, you know, it can look the same, but it's what you actually put on the bench top. It's what you put on the shelves that... And they don't all need to be new either, do they? No, not at all. It's better if you source far and wide, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, it gives it more depth and more interest and, and you connect with it. You know, I can look around my space and everything I know, you know, where it's come from, the story behind it, and, you know, it makes me feel good in my space. And that's but, the most important thing, isn't it? Oh, completely. You know, and it's um, you, and you can you can do it. Like that's 
it's so within reach, but I think that people just get overwhelmed about what should I do and how should I do this? And like I said, editing your collections is key. I think, you know, to really create beautiful moments in your space to add movement. And this is something that gets overlooked a lot. So, and it can be something as simple as adding beautiful branches into a vase or, you know, adding textiles into your space, things that really create that sense of movement so that things, otherwise everything can look a bit blocky, you know, (laughs) very technical word. Add some circles Um, is is one of mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you want to sort of have those organic shapes in your spaces so that it really does kind of help elevate them as well. So, you know, I guess there are a couple of the, you know, big ones that come up over and over again. And I think what I often hear from clients, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, Natalie, when they call you in and they hire you, they say, um, look, it's just not my strong suit. I, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I buy stuff. It doesn't work. Do you think that style can be learnt? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that it's something that, you know, like I said, I sort of touched on a little bit earlier. I mean, I think that we've all got our own sense of our own personal style. I think that we lose confidence along the way. Yes. Sometimes when we, you know, we make choices and we think, oh, you know, like I really wish that I hadn't bought that or that doesn't feel right. Or, But I think that it's a process that you more, the more you engage with it and the more you create awareness about what's around in your surrounds and, and what you love, then you know, that's a big part of the journey is just creating awareness and stepping into it. I'm very intentional about what I have in my spaces. And I think that people can end up very much living by default in their homes and they stop seeing what they have and they stop seeing what's around them. You know, and helpful exercise is if you've got a space, if you can do this, is actually to remove as much of the things from the space as possible and only put back the things that you really love and, you know, the ones that you connect with and being deliberate about, you know, where you put them. And, you know, these are the things I obviously talk about in the book, but the placement of the objects and, you know, what works and creating stacks and, you know, all these kind of tips that stylists use all the time. But I think that that is something, you know, creating awareness. I think that you can do exercises where you can create vision boards to really kind of get a good sense of, you know, what is it that you actually like? And, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think that how you apply your style will depend on the home that you're in. You know, if I was to go into a beach house now, it's going to be different to my, my own home or whatever space, you know, like where you're living and the existing architecture of the building, you've got to respond to all of those things. So I think keeping those factors in mind when you are creating a space, you know, they all, have an impact and yeah it's definitely something you can learn but you do have to to tap into it and create awareness and create a vision for where you want to go and i think if once you have identified what your personal design style is you can find ways to apply that if you move house into a different type of home if you're a person who you've realized that you love textural things well you can introduce that texture in all kinds of homes um or if you're a person like you're describing yourself, you're into neutral tones, then you can you can bring that in and find a way to apply it to a really contemporary home or a more period home. There's, there's lots of ways that you can be more adaptable, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just sort of tapping into those things that that you just personally enjoy. Like I've always loved vintage sort of antique style pieces. Now, I don't want all my home to be that, but I do think that, you know, having those secondhand pre-love those one of a kind that nobody else has you know I always love them I've got some 
timber lockers in my living room and I get asked about them all the time. And, you know, it's because you don't see it everywhere. You know, they are a one-off unique piece and, and I love them and they have been in my, um, my city home. They've been at a previous home, which was on the central coast in the hinterland there. And now they're in this Byron Bay region and they've worked in every single home because, you know, they're just a, a simple timber locker system. You know, it's sort of like about 16 cubbies and um, they're unique and I love them. And, you know, I will keep taking them with me to different homes and, and you can, you know, that's my style. I love those kind of those pieces that have got a personality and a story and a history. It's very cool. You, you know, you talk about being intentional and you've talked a bit about how, you know, the style that you're intentionally curating for your own home. We spoke to Wendy Moore, who's from Selling Houses Australia recently. She also heads up Lifestyle and Foxtel. You know, she talked a lot about educating yourself about the process of whether it's renovation, building, design and styling um, to to make sure that you, I guess, can approach things thoughtfully, which is like intentional design and styling as well that you you have put thought into it and planning she talked a lot about planning and you know you talked about it with vision boards or being able to visualize the look that you'd like to create if you can start to put together the pieces that you think you like and if you can see them together and then they they do work you can kind of go forward in a thoughtful intentional way but if you start you know Lawrence told me about some of her clients that buy a a lounge suite that they hate and then they come to her and say, can you help me fix this? It's very difficult to kind of build a room around a lounge that you hate. We should have talked sooner. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's lovely to hear you uh, reference Wendy because when I was working at magazines, I was at Real Living and she was at um, Home Beautiful then. She was the editor and then I would, you know, it's a small world. I would do um, interior styling for her and her magazine you know, it's a beautiful small industry sometimes, but I completely agree with what she says. I mean, it's, you know, the more thought and, you know, your home is so important to you and and it's such a big part of your life. And so many people get held back, you know, they feel maybe embarrassed about their space and, you know, don't want to have friends over because like, oh, you know, like my place isn't great. So, you know, and it can hold people back. As I said, it doesn't have to be about spending a lot of money. I mean, maybe it's time to just go, you know what, Let's just sell the sofa <laughs> and, you know, get something, something that we love. Choice. Yeah, you know, yeah. because if that's the thing that every time you walk into that room and you're like, oh, you know, you sit on something and it just you feel like, oh, it's too low or it's, you know, whatever the problem with it is, you it's just like it's that thing that that negativity that you're bringing into your world every single day that you interact, interact with that piece. So, you know, sometimes there is a point where you just got to cut your losses and kind of go, okay, let's let's readdress this and start. Yeah, we spend so much time in our homes and you want to kind of get it get right. It I mean, right. I know, you know, money being no object is not really a thing for most people, but, um, you know, you spend a third of your life on your bed. You probably spend another third of your life in your living kitchen dining room. <laughs> you, you know, you, you want those spaces to, to be work. to work and to be an enjoyable and and um, and to, to do what you want. And I think, you know, being thoughtful about it is is, is the way forward. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be about spending a lot of money. I mean, no. like my husband and I, like we have done so many things over the years where, I mean, you know, and it's it's always so obvious and it sounds so like, oh, well, of course, but, but you know, paint really does transform yes. spaces and it's 100%. not that expensive. Yeah. Like it's, you know, relative to all the things that you can do in a space. And, and sometimes it's just, you know, like we've kind of moved into, cause that's one of the things I always do before, like we make any changes. It's like, okay, let's just paint the walls white because then I've got this blank canvas and I can see the space. 
And I can't live with colors that just, you know, that sort of sometimes as those off white ones that are a bit green or a bit too yellow or, you know, and, um, and so we have, um, yeah, just gone in and like with my son's room and my daughter's room, we, we painted them. And it's just like, wow, it just feels so much better. We've painted floors and ripped up old carpets and just painted them. And I mean, there are, we, even in, um, during lockdown in our bedroom, we had, um, cause we don't, we didn't have curtains for a long time. Cause like we're in the country, we don't need to bother about it. But then it kind of, we actually got West sun on our bedroom side and the sun was so hot that it would, yeah. the bedroom would get really hot. So we just had to make some temporary curtains and we made them from canvas drop sheets that you buy oh, wow. at the hardware store. And <laughs> I get so many people ask me like, Oh, I love your curtains. Where do you get them from? And they're from Bunnings, you know, <laughs> like a, um, I think we may have one know, in our garage, <laughs> you know, they're, and they're actually really beautiful because they, they sort of look like a really expensive linen and they're thick and they're just, I mean, they're such a great solution. So it's, it doesn't have to be about spending money, but it's about, okay, what's, you know, what do we need in the space and how can we make it better? And just being creative and thinking outside the box as well. Well, you mentioned um, Real Living and your work there. I'm interested to know because you you were a journalist as well bef- before you got to Real Living. So did your love of interiors come from working at interiors magazines or did or was the love of interiors there first and that led you into the mags? It's funny you should ask that because I always think that the, just similarly with our style, I think that with our careers and our life journeys, there's often threads throughout our lives that kind of give an indication of, you know, where we're going to end up. And I always have always loved homes. And when I went to university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I loved books and writing and reading. Um, so, but I kind of got a mark that was a bit better than I was expecting. So I thought, well, I should do something with this. So I enrolled in economics of all things and <laughs> at Sydney University. And I quickly realized that that was not the course for me at all, even though I sort of thought maybe I could do, you know, marketing or, or something along those lines. But yeah, it just was not for me at all. And so I thought, okay, I'm not going to do that. And I really didn't know what to do. And I actually looked I was 17 at the time and I looked to do interior design at Emore TAFE, which um, was at the time, that was the best place to go to. That was pretty much the only place you could go to study interior design. But my mom, I knew she would die if I didn't get my degree in something. So I was actually like, do I go and do this interior design at TAFE? And she was like, TAFE? You can't go to TAFE. You know, like I just got this great score on my (laughs) (laughs) And And I kind of knew within me that I actually did want to do a degree, not just for, you know, to learn something as such, but for that experience of going to university and, and the sort of the broader education, I guess. So so, yeah, it's funny that – and then when I was at university, I worked at a paint store, a paint and wallpapering store for many years and uh, for, for about five years while I was going through university. So I was always helping people with their colour schemes and wallpaper, you know, and borders. Like I don't know if you ever remember that time when people would have their wallpaper and the border uh, underneath the cornice or like, uh, you know. A Sadly, that's up. been retired. <laughs> <What a shame. laughs> so, um, yeah, I used to help people with that in the store. And um, so, yeah, it's these like threads. So it's always kind of been there. But um, and when I then sort of I worked in finance journalism just to kind of work as a journalist and then medical journalism and all sorts of other things. And 
uh, eventually ended up at Real Living and it was like, oh, I feel like these two things that I love have kind of come together. Yeah, well, I mean, you've had a similar experience, right? Yeah, I do journalism at uni as well and I actually started out writing for um, home magazines basically, like in the, the little advertorial section I'd get the photos of some beautiful house and I'd have to write sort of an article about it and, and then, yeah, worked in marketing for a long time and then years later I actually went to Emmore TAFE and studied design and that's that's how I got back into that side of things. But, yeah, the threads idea is very, very apt for my career as well. And look, and now you've got a podcast which brings <laughs> in those journalism things. So, That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your um, third book, and I'm, I'm keen to understand a little bit more about the process. You did talk about it, but you know, you've done three now. Does it get easier to do this along the way? You said this was your most personal book, but you know, was it the same creative process to write them, or, or did you really do something a little bit different on this occasion? This was. Well, <laughs> it's hard to say. It, this, I mean, in some ways, I feel like it almost killed me writing this book because it's with four kids. Of, hello. <laughs> it was. I had to kind of actually go and stay with my mum for chunks of time because I, I'm one of those people that I just, if I'm doing something, I need to be all in. You know, so when I'm with my kids, I'm completely there. I'm not checking my phone. You know, so I don't kind of do social media on weekends or any work on the weekends. Like that's you know, family time. But when it came to writing this book, I just, I couldn't stop and start. I I just couldn't have that momentum. So I would actually go for, yeah, what I kind of call writing retreats and just sort of stay. I just did stay at a couple of local Airbnbs, but then I went and stayed with my mum for quite a few weeks and just did the bulk of it there because I just find I'm so much more productive. I'm in the zone and I would literally write from, the moment I woke up till late at night. So I would sort of like have breakfast in the morning and then sort of start writing, I guess, like sort of eight or nine and, and finish up at about nine o'clock at night, probably, you know, oh, and, wow. and she you was really cranked the, through yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she, yeah. And she was thankfully, you know, making the fee, the meals and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I didn't even have to worry about cooking or cleaning up after dinner or, you know, she all of those things. probably loved it, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Um, but in terms of the writing, it was the most that I've ever had to write for a book. And the other ones are very much, you know, that while I do have some sections where I sort of write more chapters, most of this, uh, the bulk of the writing is about the homeowner's story, which is what I've been doing for, you know, 15 years, which is interviewing people, writing their story. And that's always the easy part for me. You know, I can kind of do those r- relatively quickly, but I didn't have any of those in this one. And the essays, I mean, I do a lot of research when I'm writing those because I'm really um, wanting to answer, you know, a key question, you know, and so I do lots of research, read a lot of other books. So it was very intensive. The first one was the hardest because that was finding my voice, which I found really hard after writing for so many other magazines over the years and always writing in their style. I had to find my voice um, as an author. So that was a big challenge at the start. But then once I found it, it was it was easy going. Um, you know what that's th- called? <laughs> Intentional writing. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, but this one was definitely the hardest to write just in terms of the volume and um, Sounds just like a big project. sharing. Mm. Yeah, it really, really was. I mean, I kind of feel like it's all the lessons that I've learned over the past 15 years of working in interiors are all in this book, really. Well, I hope you saved a few for the fourth book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't used them all. <laughs> but it sounds fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of 
um, yeah, I'm sure people will be excited to to hear more, you know, to, to read more about it. Well, I know we've got um, your other two books in our lounge room sitting on our, our coffee table shelves. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting this one as well. But I wanted to ask Natalie one other question. You mentioned all the homes that you've been into for the first two books that you wrote. And also, I'm sure you've been into some amazing homes throughout your magazine career. Are there any that really stick in your mind as like being, having such wow factor or jaw-dropping moments? Oh, gosh. I mean, there are so many. Um, Definitely the ones for, look, I mean, there are so many different ones for different reasons. I think that, um, you know, and different, yeah, they stay with me for different reasons. Like I, I remember there was one that when I was working at Real Living and it used to always get used as a location for photo shoots. And I think that was because one of my first experiences of stepping into a home that was just so beautifully designed and it had this kind of beautiful staircase and um yeah there's there just so many beautiful elements I think it had a round window and this is before everyone was doing round windows you know so which is timeless but you know uh, these things go through through um I guess you know increases in popularity it was by Walter Bader I think it's his surname is an architect and um I d- that just always stood with me stayed with me you know like just the kind of the design of it it was so beautiful And definitely, I mean, creating these books, I've had so many pinch me moments and it's not always just the home. I mean, that, you know, obviously beautiful homes, the one going to Mallorca, which I'd never been to Mallorca before for the still book and going to that house. I mean, that just was my love language, that house, the stone and the sort of the beautiful textural elements in the space and you know, going to the home that's on the cover of This Is Home and that was in Brooklyn and it was just so beautifully conceived and, you know, very thoughtful and the way that it was put together. So, yeah, there's just so many that that are like that, that I just, they just stay with me and, you know, that's before I actually created my first book, what um, the photographer Chris Warns encouraged me to do, which was a really helpful exercise, is he said, you know, go through books that you love and really trying to find like what is it that you love about them because he wanted me to help brief like for the photography in terms of the way we were going to shoot it and all of those things and when I went through the books that I had that had stood the test of time you know again I could it really helped me tap into what are the things that I love and I think that's always a really useful exercise it's so easy to kind of get caught up in what's everyone doing now and you know Mm. what's on Pinterest now or what's trending on Instagram right now or saving things from you know, those kind of apps. But when you actually go back to, you know, some of your favorite books, what are the things that actually are still standing the test of time? And I always try and incorporate those sort of elements into my projects or my homes, because I think that, you know, they're just, they're timeless and they, they can still be beautiful and feel relevant, but they're also, you know, there's a beautiful sense of history to them as well. Yeah, fantastic. Well, really nice to talk to you and to hear a bit more about, you know, your story and, and how you came to, to write these books. You know, we've, we've, as Lauren said, we've got two of the three and can't <laughs> wait to get the third. What we'll do is include in the show notes the link uh, for people to check out your website and also where they can buy your third book, uh, Style the Art of Creating a Beautiful Home. So thanks so much Thank for you, joining Natalie. us. It's been so good chatting with you today. Thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Look, that was really great. And since we spoke to Natalie, she's been preparing for another book for release. It's called Home by the Sea, 
the surf shacks and hinterland hideaways of Byron Bay. Yeah, you can buy that now at any good uh, book retailer. I had a quick look online the other day. looks great. Lots of beautiful imagery as we've come to expect in Natalie's books. Yeah, just in time for Chrissy. And Lauren, it's probably the most expensive property market in the country, you know, given so many people have moved to the area in the last few years. Mm. So it's really no surprise that Natalie is focusing on her local area of northern New South Wales and the changing shape of homes in that area. Absolutely. And she's got a lot of great uh, content and lots of beautiful art architectural inspiration to work with up there. Is there a particular style coming through in what you've seen from that book already or can we just expect some yeah, beautiful shots? And I think just more of what we've come to know from Natalie, beautiful uh, imagery but also lots of great information about connecting your life, the way you live and, and the place that you do you live in. Yeah, fantastic. Can't wait to check it out. That is Home by the Sea by Natalie Walton. Now, if you're thinking about a renovation or, or updating some rooms but you don't know where to start and you think you might need a professional mm-hmm. to help you bring your ideas to life. You can get in touch with us on the socials at Lauren Keenan Home or just send a message straight to Lauren through the contact page at laurenkeenan.com.au. That's right. We work with people all over Australia and the renovation and the new build boom continues as we all assess how we want to live our lives in the future. And with property prices falling right now, it's a buyer's market. So get in touch, guys. Let me know if you need a hand. Absolutely. And that is it for the show today. So we will catch you on the next episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle, and interior design. Bye. See ya. (laughs) 